You're listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast. I'm your host, Lizzie Benton, company culture coach and founder of Liberty Mind. And I want to inspire people to create unique company cultures where our human potential can thrive. In this podcast, I talk to organizations, thought leaders, and people about the impact of company culture. Together, we can make it thrive. This season is sponsored by the Breathe Culture Pledge, a community of like-minded SMEs who are committed to building and maintaining a people-first culture. Whether you've got your company culture nailed or need a little guidance to improve it, joining the Breathe Culture Pledge gives you the recognition and resources you need to help your culture flourish. Plus, it's 100% free. Join over 700 SMEs and invest in your people today. Head over to breathehr.com forward slash culture pledge to find out more. Hi everyone and welcome back to Make It Thrive, the Change Maker Sessions. Today I'm joined by Dr. Tessa Lin, researcher, tutor and community coach. Tessa is dedicated to uncovering what her grandmother meant by community isn't what it used to be. Tessa researches and continues to discover for herself what community means through being actively involved in community development. Today, Tessa and I are discussing the role of a researcher and how, as you, in any capacity in your organisation, can be a change maker. Let's get into it. Hi Tessa and welcome to the Changemaker Sessions. Thank you so much for joining me for this season. Ah, thank you Lizzie. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Oh no, the pleasure is definitely um, mine, absolutely. So I probably haven't done your intro um, any justice. So for our audience members, tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you're doing. So uh, I am a researcher and I'm also experienced community developer. So I have one foot in sort of academia and research projects and another foot in sort of the real world, if you like, <laughs> and, uh, and, and sort of have experience with working with communities. So I am also a tutor and a community coach. Amazing. So I'm really fascinated because I know we've spoken about this before, about you having your foot in those two areas. How do you feel that they kind of, I suppose, help each other? Because there's a, such a, mm. um, you know, that beautiful almost having that two, mind in two worlds. Mm. You get to see mm. so much. So how do they kind of, I suppose, come together? What's the kind of the, the mixture of them? What do you mm. see that? In your work that's a great question i i believe that it, the research is an amazing opportunity to go deep into an understanding of something and so there's already a lot of research and literature out there you know they say stand on the shoulders of giants and so there's the rigor of of sort of exploring the literature but also as a researcher you are ensuring that the information you collect is really valid and reliable 
So it, it helps to inform practice. And so, but what, what you tend to find is it, as you're researching things, you are in this theoretical bubble, if you like. And it's so nice to be able to draw your findings and experience it in practice. So then the, the practical experience also informs the research and so it's a, it just, it's, it's such a, um, there's such a, a synergy between the two that really help um, it to be, but both, both areas to become much more, um, mm, uh, <laughs> much, much more uh, wholesome, if you like. I really like that when you talk about getting, putting, you know, these ideas from, into that practice and I think it's really important we see a lot at the moment especially in terms of um you know businesses and company culture and sort of change in that area we see a lot of these kind of pulse surveys or things that don't really go under the surface as it were they stay quite on the the foundational Mm. level um Mm. what do you see as the benefit of doing that like digging deep as you say into the into this type of research no matter sort of what I suppose sector or industry that you're in Mm, for sure I think the quantitative data collection has its benefits right but it it's it's not it's not getting into the, oh, the 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 juicy stuff, you know, the the real like why is is this occurring? Um, and I think that there are so many benefits to going deeper, and I think as well that that when you can apply the you know the findings from your research and and explore it in practice you get to test uh, test the theories um so i think in terms of the business side of things and really uh exploring what the the depth is because obviously the the pulse surveys and um and this quantitative data collection is is that wider um, understanding of what's happening but if we're not really exploring that depth then we don't we don't really understand the full picture it becomes not about the people then as such I think and and that's really important the storytelling aspect and people being heard is 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 crucial to change yeah yeah absolutely and I think that's the beauty of it I know when you've sort of sat with me previously and you've kind of explained a bit more about research because I think it it seems like this really ominous um because it is a big big task to take on when you take on these these research projects Mm. and it feels hugely ominous because there is so many directions it can go in and people have so many opinions and experiences to to draw upon and like you say it it paints that picture you know the the quantitative is great at almost being a um, paint by numbers, mm. <laughs> but actually, you know, the people's experience is adding the color into it. Yes. So I suppose, what would you say about, um, you know, when people think of researchers just being quantitative, what would you kind of recommend to them? Because as well, 
I know you believe that anyone can be a researcher, whereas some people might, you know, I was the same when, when I started my research project. Oh, I'm not a researcher. I don't know what to do. <laughs> so what would you say to those people and, and why to get started in it? Um, good questions. So, yes, totally believe that everyone um, is a researcher. I mean, we start from a very young age and often the question asked is why? You know, <laughs> and quite often parents will respond with something like, why is a crooked letter or, you know, but 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 we we should really encourage this uh, into adulthood. You know, this questioning of why it's probably one of the most important questions. And uh, yeah, so it's within us, you know, that childlike kind of curiosity and, and, and taking that into, into research is really important. I also believe that creativity is, is, is needed. <laughs> and we, we all have that creativity as well. You know, quite often I hear people say, well, I'm not a creative person. Oh, a hundred percent. You are. <laughs> We all are. And again, it comes back to that ingrained sort of, um, you know, childhood curiosity about what we can what we can create. And and so, yes, totally believe that everyone has the ability to take that creativity and curiosity and that questioning into whatever it is they're doing. And so I would say the importance of that is no matter what you're doing, you know, even in life and business, understanding why is is just at the heart of it, right? <laughs> it's Simon Sinek's, isn't it? The, you know, get, getting to the the underlying, um, you know, what what ignites you. So, taking that into a into a research sort of context and really. You know, you might have some overarching data or you might have something that you think, um, you know, might have a business challenge and and understanding and unpicking that and understanding why it's occurring and not just doing that in silo. You know, it's about about speaking with um, colleagues, um, potentially customers, clients and, and really to understand how it is you know part of a research process is exposing vulnerability it's exposing that you actually don't know something and again that's super important to unravel and 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 be brave and bold you know to expose that actually I don't know the answer to this um I might have an inkling but I'm going to put that aside for a moment and that again is the importance of um of of being a you know considering yourself as a researcher because there is that element of putting aside what you might think and feel for for a moment <laughs> and, uh, and and really taking on board um on on face value of what people um are, are also sharing I hope I answered your question there Lizzie oh my gosh so beautifully and there were so many juicy nuggets that I will be pulling out of that for the social media graphics so I was like oh my gosh this is gold so yeah thank you that was amazing and so inspirational as well because like you said um having that curiosity and that mindset of a researcher I think is so important when we've for so long not felt like we're allowed to be vulnerable about our own knowledge gaps mm. 
Um, so I think that was just, yeah, absolutely amazing. I mean, in terms of people kind of adopting this research mindset, you know, you've talked about curiosity and that ability to be creativity. If someone was to kind of decide, right, I want to be a bit of a researcher in my own company, I want to find out the why behind this, like, what would your, I suppose, practical steps be for someone? Mm. Is there any advice that you would give them? Yes, absolutely. I think, uh, first of all, I would explore what's already out there. So do a bit of desktop research, the type of company you are, if anybody has ever explored anything in in that realm before. I would then start to really clarify and unpick exactly what it is I would like to explore. Um, what type of information is is needed at this time? Um, I mean, it, I love having a conversation for the sake of having a conversation. I, you know, um, I I think that's just beautiful. I think talking with colleagues, um, uh, you know, staff members, uh, customers is is super important without any um really motive. Um, but I think if you're if you're pursuing some form of research then being clear about what it is you would like to know will mm. be really important to mm. um mobilizing um in response to what it is you find because quite often within within practice when we're doing research in practice it is to inform change so we want to be clear about the information we're collecting. So I would say create some some research questions, you know, and 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 then again not do that in silo. Share that with 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 team members and and see if they're um, if they're they're relevant to those guys too. And also if they have um, some suggestions for changing the research questions. But I, I think it, again it's it's try not to get too academic about it. I I recognise you know the approaches I take are are, are academic, but it. Um, quite often that can that can deter people and I think um, it's just it's just simply finding the right questions to overarch the the almost the theme of the research and then you can get more specific and think okay who do, who is it I need to ask and uh, why do I need to ask those how am I going to ask them so what sort of research tools do I need so is it going to be um, a survey or am I going to carry out some interviews what about a focus group so there are lots of different ways you can go with that and then once you have you know designed your research tools and you you will want to pilot them and then uh, edit accordingly <laughs> and then and then pursue pursue the research I think as well I'm going to backtrack a little bit because quite often I find that in practice people are doing doing research they are carrying out these different things but might not necessarily label it as research and so I think at the at the heart of of all of this really is to ensure that you have the processes in place to ensure to to be really confident that 
what information you collect is valid and reliable. So going through this process that I just described in terms of the research questions, uh, working with others, um, creating your research tools, is ensuring that you've that you've really considered what information you're collecting and whether it's going to be um, valid and reliable. So if you're going to use this information to inform change, then be be confident about the process behind it. Um, I, if you're just asking five people about something that's really important to a massive, you know, massive organization, then that those five people responses are, are completely valuable. But actually, we might need to think, actually, we need to have perhaps five percent of the of the organization to pilot first and then and then consider doing a larger, a larger deep dive. Again, I think it can be quite an intimidating process you might think oh gosh I haven't got the time for this my goodness me um and or you know oh gosh it's 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 having the time the energy as well the mind the mindset associated with it and um so I like to I like to tap into that childhood desire of being like an investigator and I I'm going to discover something new or um so I think there's there's that side of things, but also it's recognizing what value added this information is going to have. So, you know, let's rewind to the beginning and say, okay, why am I doing this research project? You obviously got your research questions, but essentially, if I find out the response to these research questions, well, so what? <laughs> like, what, what, what is going to happen? Why is this important? Because knowing your why behind the the research is going to fuel you through the process. Because you might find actually, I have greater certainty. There's going to be less risk. Um, it could mean that there are greater efficiencies within the organization. Um, it could mean that I'm going to improve employee well-being. Um, I'm going to be more responsive to my consumers. So, you know, profits might rise. There, there are huge, huge benefits to carrying out research in a valid and reliable way. So uh, I, I hope that helps, Lizzie. Yeah, no, I I think, like you said, the the real essentialness of it is that the research is there to inform change and I think mm. one of the big reasons I I believe this work is so important is because we are seeing this increase of people people power you know people wanting to make change whether that is in their community whether that is in their workplace and I feel sometimes they're lacking in mm. how, well, how do I do that? How do I be part of making this change? Mm. And research is a great key to unlocking that. And if, mm. if a team, if someone in a company, whether it's a manager, whether it's um, just an employee in a team can go, well, actually, I really want to impact change here. And I want to make sure that we can improve our well-being or improve flexible work or something then taking on that that role as the researcher, mm-hmm. no matter what your role or title, yeah. could be that catalyst for change. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with that. So I think you've given a lot of good good areas for people to get started. And like you say, it's one of those things. I mean, 
we have seen so much change and this whole this whole season is the change maker session so the whole idea behind this season is getting people to be a bit disruptive mm. no matter where they're sat where they are in society um and you know we've seen so much slowness because businesses do adopt quantitative data really easily because it's quick and mm-hmm. they're time pressured maybe um and, and they're trying to inform a really big decision, let's say, for example, working from home based on these almost micro sets of data that doesn't really dig deep enough. It's very top mm-hmm. layered. So what do you think stops businesses or organizations from taking it to the depth that sometimes I think it needs? Honest answer. Go for it. We're all about honesty. <laughs> they don't really want to know. <laughs> Love that. Isn't um, that the truth? First truth bomb of the season, guys. <laughs> Boom. There it is. <laughs> Love that. Yes. Truth. So, so true. Mm. Do, tell me more about that, Tessa. Tell me more. I think that data can be easily manipulated and stories can't. Yeah. Sure, it takes time to collect stories and read them and understand them but that's Mm. and also you know thinking about the analysis and the reliability side of things it's much easier to analyze quantitative data and like I say it's much easier to to manipulate Um, the qualitative data you know it involves it involves coding potentially to to really draw out some some solid conclusions but that being said that's where the that's where the rigor is okay so we're talking about working from home how is you know how how do how is that going to practically work for for people you know for certain people um and and sure you can gather a certain amount of information for um for, from people from a, a quantitative survey but actually and we want to hear the stories behind how how much of a difference it would make to people's lives, whether that's positively or negatively. Um, and, and really, that's where that's where understanding the underlying things, you know, it might be a case of, well, actually, I haven't got the correct haven't got the correct um, setup at home. Um, and, and really, all I need is a is a new chair or, or, you know, it could be just as simple as that. But 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 when we're not giving people the opportunity to share these 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 bits of information that actually could be easily solvable by by the people asking the questions but we need to give give people the opportunity to do so mm-hmm, definitely what have you learned over the i mean you know you've been a researcher for a, for a while now <laughs> you've got plenty of experience under your belt what would you say is the the biggest lesson you feel you've learned from the past two years whether it's been you know because we've seen so much change Mm. and whether that's in this this arena of research or just going through everything I mean what Mm. what have you learned from the past two years what's kind of come up for you as something that you're seeing I think it's the the recognition of the power of community I think people have recognized how important it is um when I mean community I mean the locality the people that you share a neighborhood with 
Um, and, you know, we, we, we have so many different communities now um, participate on many online um, face to face, but tend not to be in my neighborhood. So, but, but I think, I think many can relate to that. And actually through these, throughout these past two years, it's been a, a stark reminder that actually um, there, there is so much power within the community around you. Uh, and and that's shown, I guess, as well in terms of the research that I've participated in, in the, over the past couple of years. It's all been about community um, engagement and participation in um, planning and development decision making. So it's about how people can have a say over what happens in their locality. So I think there's this rising awareness that we need to we need to listen to people more um in making decisions that are going to impact them because otherwise again i've seen over the past two years lots of inefficiencies because that people have been offering something that they think is going to help and they you know it's coming from a genuine place but they haven't asked anyone it's just it's just simple to we actually you know i make this perhaps make this research process sound so long and laborious but actually it it can be so simple to just ask people you know um yeah (laughs) oh my gosh no you, you echo my sentiments so much because i think that's where we're so similar is that with the culture work it's about Mm co-creation it's about participation you Mm -hmm. know so many businesses come up with these initiatives these incentives that impact people's work lives but don't talk to the very people that it's impacting and Mm -hmm. and it's the same with everything isn't it you know we need to create that more democratic you know kind of mindset across everything that we're doing rather than just the people at the top know the answer most they certainly, don't <laughs> most certainly yeah yeah and um and i think you kind of you nailed it there in that in terms of that co-creation and and i i don't know but i from what i gather there's there's some perceptions about this being you know it's becoming quite a buzz a buzzy type thing you know let's um let's co-create or um uh i'm trying to think of the other word <laughs> anyway it will it will probably come to me but there's 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 lots of these these co words being used but it's it's almost some sometimes it can be a bit tokenistic and so at the very heart where it where decisions are made that there this is where the shift needs to occur you know i i see it a lot in policy making and policies are created by people that are so far removed from the situation of the the, the what the the people that are going to be impacted by the introduction of the policy. So, but but the, first of all, there there needs to be this this shift in in actually we, we we really want to hear what people are going to say. You know, the decision hasn't already been made because quite often people it's a tokenist gesture it's just say actually we've made the decision but we better ask them (laughs) you know um there's there's these these types of things going on but um so so there needs to be this this yeah this this shift and commitment to 
co-creation it's it's not just oh yeah let's just ask some questions it, it needs to form part of organizations it needs mm. to be um there needs to be the processes in place because once they're in place it becomes very fluid and and people then become empowered and they actually become leaders within the organizations and that's what we want right we we, we uh, surely um our businesses and um you know public infrastructures they they they're, they're, they're there to serve people right <laughs> So it makes business sense, surely, to be responsive to those people. But also at the heart of our businesses and organisations are the people that work within them and make these things happen. So it's it's about being responsive to to consumers and the people that you, you know you're you're serving, but also it's the people that are are you know making this happen that we we need to empower mm. with these yeah. skills and this mindset of of research and um and and allowing it to change yeah, yeah. gosh yeah what a world it would be if we could all take on that research mindset oh <laughs> yes if we could just roll it out more which I know you're working on Tessa yeah. I know that's <laughs> that's what you're doing you you get the wheels turning it's all going on I love it mm. um so we've talked a lot about you know what people can do practically and I feel like we've got some really solid stuff that people can walk away with from this conversation um so I'm so grateful for you sharing all of your knowledge and it's like you say it's not just the practicalities but it's also that mindset shift which mm. we forget about sometimes mm. it's the biggest thing that's holding us back from doing these things mm-hmm. um so I'm I'm really grateful um for everything you've shared Tessa it's so much wisdom and some amazing some amazing golden nuggets in there that I cannot wait to quote you on it's amazing <laughs> um so we're going to move on to the quick fire round so I thought I'd inject a bit of fun into this season so are you ready for the quick fire round? oh my Tessa? goodness right I will um, get on the edge of my seat <laughs> <laughs> yes so when not at work You'll find me. Where will we find you, Tessa? Uh, playing with my two children. <laughs> Love that. What is the one business word you want gone, banned from our English language? Margin. It's <laughs> <laughs> too is enclosing, too restrictive. It is. It is. <laughs> One book recommendation for our audience. Oh, I'm currently reading The Energy Codes by Dr. Sue Mortar and uh, highly I've I've read the first few chapters, but yes, already <laughs> ready um to highly recommend that to people. Amazing. And if there's one thing you could disrupt, Ooh, just, up, what would it be? Just just one thing. Um it would be the way that we come together as a community um, in in physicality. So the spaces that we share as a community. Mm, Yeah, great one. Well, thank you so much, Tessa, for joining me on season eight of the podcast. Um, Everything, if you're interested in, um, you know, kicking off your own research, then I highly recommend getting in touch with Tessa. All of the links to get in touch with Tessa will be in the show notes. Um, So do check Tessa out on LinkedIn, on social media. Um, Tessa, is there anything you want to share with us that you're working on before we say our goodbyes? 
Yeah, sure. I'm working on a community researcher program. It's an online implementation program. So it's it's not only sharing knowledge of how to pursue research, but it's also giving you the practical tools to be able to do that as easily and fluidly as possible. Um, And I'm also working on a community coaching program to really help people um, mobilize themselves and as communities. Amazing. I highly recommend um, getting on board with that because, yeah, I think that is going to really start moving things in the right direction. We need more of these change makers in organizations and businesses to move things forward. So I am very excited about your work, Tessa. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You've been listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast with me, your host, Lizzie Benton. If you've enjoyed listening and want to keep up with all things culture, don't forget to subscribe. Thank you so much for listening and I look forward to welcoming you back next week.